Welcome to the Vlog Pastors Podcast, a podcast all about the stories and strategies of sharing God's love in the digital world. Now, here are two pastors that love to put a camera in their face and walk around in public. They are the Holmes and Watson of digital ministry, Jared Brown and Joshua Bowers. Hello, everybody. I am Joshua Verwers, and this wonderful human being is Jared Brown. We are your vlog pastors, and this is our sixth episode, at least according to my thumbnail calculations of the vlog pastors podcast. We're, yes, and I disagree. You disagree. It's number five. It's number five. I, ooh, here's what it is. I think I know what it was. When we recorded the first episode, we had like a micro episode. Ooh, okay, that's right. So that might be why I came up with it. Either that right. or we're both wrong. <laughs> We've only had five intros now, as of yet. Can, can I, everybody remember what they were? They were the Joey Tribbiani and Chandler, Chandler Bing. Bing. Uh, there was Batman and Robin. Mm -hmm. There was uh, Abbott and Costello. Mm -hmm. There was, what's the other one? Zack and Screech. Zack and Screech. Okay, I forgot about Zack and Screech, so maybe we have another one. Hit me with the next. What was this one? This one was Holmes and Watson. I couldn't hear it. Holmes and Watson. I, I don't remember what the other one was. Although I might have done, I might have doubled up on one of them. That that might be true. We we did one that was piloted and, yeah, it, it was. Yeah. I don't not. remember. Anyways, hey. Welcome, though. Welcome. To number five. Episode number five. Episode or number maybe. six right now of the Vlog Pastors podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And hey, it's your show, man. Six, episode number six. Episode number of the Vlog Pastors podcast. And today we are talking about we talk too much. I what is too much? How how long is too long is our topic and theme for the day? We're going to get into when it comes to a sermon. We are pastors, we are those preachers, we are the pontificators, and we like to talk. We've got the gift of gab. So how long is too long and should we be zipping it a little bit sooner? But we're also bloggers. And then that means we're putting out videos and such, and we're talking there. How long is too long for a video? Hmm. How long is too long when trying to endure through a horrible pilot on the show The Office? I say three minutes and they haven't grabbed my attention. I'm done. Ooh, well, then you're That's gone. They lost you. <laughs> they, lo they lost. But you're savage. You're savage because when I am you very watch savage. YouTube videos, listen to this, guys, if you didn't know this. If it's above, it used to be, I think it's changed a bit, but if it's above, what was it, five minutes or six minutes, you will not watch it. Correct. You're not going to click on it. I have, yeah, that's anything. I have changed that now because now I won't focus on the overall length as much as the journey through it. And now it's a case if I push play and they haven't grabbed my attention in 10 seconds, then I'm done. So they get... 10 seconds tops. And that's because I have the attention span of a hamster. <laughs> I think I also have the bladder of one as well, but I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to waste my time. And here's why, here's why we're going to have this discussion and why I think this is an important discussion to have. And I know there are going to be people that are watching in and they're like, Oh, well, couldn't you have done something fun? Like let's talk about the coronavirus again. No, I think this is even more important because we're told to, one, in Scripture it says that we're to redeem the time. 
And I'm sitting here, I'm like, wait, the word redeem means to buy back. How do I buy back time? Because time is the only commodity that we have that we can never get more of. What you've got is what you got, and you'll never get more, even though we're to buy back. And so for me, it's about that buying back, redeeming it, is making the most of it. So to me, buy back, if I've got an hour of time, but I can use that hour like it's two, now that one hour is worth more to me. And so I've been able to do that. So for me, time is so important. Investing the time is important. And yes, some people will sit there and say, I'm wasting my time on things. Others won't. You may say that we've been wasting our time by watching shows like The Office or Firefly or Seinfeld, which by the way, if if you're a YouTuber, you need to watch the show Seinfeld. If you are creating any video, especially with a personality-driven content, watch the show Seinfeld. That has the best format, hands down. It is a show about absolutely nothing, and yet it is talking about everything. It's true. And if you're a pastor and you're trying to figure out how to be a better preacher, just go watch Casey Neistat and he'll tell you how to, you know, convey a story. Um, <laughs> I should do a video. We should do videos on that. Let's do, we should have preaching like vloggers. That should be a series that we do. How to preach like a vlogger. I like it. We're going to do it. Okay, I just got volunteered for that one. Yeah, let's I'm do gonna, it. I'm wow. going to do it. How to preach a message like Casey Neistat. <laughs> yeah, which I, I guess is the entirety of our shows outside of our live streams where we're going long. But I, I have an opinion about this. I know you won't you won't watch it, or at least you wouldn't, unless it, it catches you, and unless it's under five minutes, that sort of thing. Okay, I would... I'd like to put this in here. I I, th- I think it's because you don't know them, you don't like them, and you don't trust them. No. I think if it's if it's Casey, if it's uh, Peter McKinnon, if it's oh, okay. uh, if it's Jason Mayfield, you're going to give them a little grace. You're, you've you've seen some of their stuff, you know them, you like what they do. You're going to give them a few minutes. I mean, you watch my stuff. Some of my stuff is 15 minutes. Oh. Well, uh, you may fast forward. Don't tell me. Never mind. Just cancel that. So, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, savage. I watch, for instance, for instance, <laughs> speaking of savage, I watch Adam Savage on Tested. His content is anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. Now, do I watch all of it, like, painstakingly, like, watch all the visuals? No. Sometimes I'll, I'll set it up in the corner. I'm listening to some of it. I'm watching some of it. But some of it is 30 minutes to an hour. But I know him. I like p- certain parts of his personality. And I, I trust him overall as a, as a maker because I like to make things. I, th- I think it's that no like trust funnel, man. I think it, it works in sermons. I think it works in YouTube. I think the more people are exposed to you, the more people have liked the things that you've said and done in the past, the more that they trust you and will give you some more leeway and give you some more of their valuable time. Oh, floating coffee and <laughs> I'm not going to do an audio for that just so you have to do it every single episode. Um, okay, so the no like trust, I, I get what you're saying and I don't entirely disagree with that however i don't think that that is 
that is all of it. So I will actually, the people that I don't know, I usually give them more time because I want to know them. But when I feel like people are wasting my time, like just get to the point already. Um, so here I'll use an example. I'm going to throw myself under the bus with Jason Mayfield. Um, in Jason still in the comments. I, I don't Come know on. if so, he's going to, I better turn my ring off just so he doesn't defend yourself, Jason, um, defend on. yourself. So Jason the other day, and this wasn't a video that he put out for the world. It was a video in one of the private Facebook groups and he was showing a new audio setup. So the description said, trying out a new audio in this video and he's using some of his new tech and stuff. I clicked play. I don't know how long the video was a minute or so. I clicked play. I listened for about 10 seconds of the audio and I'm like, yeah, that's good. And then I backed out. Now he was doing some type of a Bible teaching and stuff on there. I wasn't going to watch it. Not that it wasn't valuable or anything, but what I was looking for and what I thought he wanted me to listen to. He's like, Hey, here is a new audio. What do you think? So I was just listening to the audio. And once I got an idea of what the audio was, I was done. I wasn't going to listen any farther. One of my favorite YouTube channels is, um, was it Tilder? Uh, too long. Didn't read. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's where the <clears throat> answers come first and then like the discussion comes later. And so yeah. he does a lot of reviews and comparisons, this and this. And he's like, we're going to be comparing this. We're going to be comparing this. And here's my rundown. This is I better. Think this is better. And this is why. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I he gives that. the answer first. He's already given me so much value. You if I've around. got the extra time, I'll watch everything afterwards. Um, and so that's one of those that I don't look at his time. I don't look at the length. Now, when he starts to ramble or he said the same thing now eight different ways, I stop watching that. Um, I think a lot of it just comes down to we don't think before we speak and then we're trying to fill dead air. And I, I think another part of it is we're mo we're focused on the time more than we are the message that needs to be conveyed in that time. Because for me, here's, here's my thoughts. My summer summary of all messages that you would put out there, they need to be as long as necessary and as short as possible. And that would be me. If you can say the exact same thing in five minutes that it normally takes you 20 minutes to do, why are you wasting that other 15 minutes of my time? Just sure. get to the point. Now, if you need the other 15 minutes to expand on it, that's fine. Um, that would be my overall for everything. What is your overall philosophy when it comes to messages, whether it be behind a pulpit or behind a camera? Oh, man, I don't have a philosophy that would require thinking it through. I'm the guy that you're talking about that's off the cuff. Man, everything's live. Uh, a lot of a lot of what I do is uh, is is emotionally based. So you know, I'm I'm gonna ride the emotion of something, not necessarily gonna think it through. So I create experiences and atmospheres. Uh, I think that's a lot of what. Whenever I'm making a video, I think that's a lot of the genuineness and realness that people hop onto and like about my style. And they'll give me a little bit of grace as I'm trying to. I, I would do better in live formats. I when I'm trying to land the plane. Now, some people, it irks to no end because it's like, just wrap it up. You said that already. Like, you know, but for the most part, 
I think people can quickly see my heart and 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 do that. So for for people who to me are of the same upbringing of the same uh, you know slice of, of of bread of pie of whatever see words that don't come to me you just kind of craft them out. People <laughs> have the same walk of life as me. They're they're going to try and and figure it out, and I'm going to give them a little bit of space to do so. Yeah. Now, some people who are speakers, which is why this vlog pastor thing, some people who are are careful about what needs to be crafted and delivered, and I should be because I'm a pastor. That, that's one of my that's one of my weaknesses and shortcomings. But people who are deliberate about what is said and what is understood and what is communicated, uh, you know, for this segment. They're going to be frustrated to no end with me, and at, which is fun for me because I think this conversation is going to be great because that's how <laughs> I, I interpret you to be. You think things through. It doesn't pass your lips until it's been fully articulated in your mind, and down the hatch it goes. I think that's the impression. I'm glad great. that's the impression because those that know me really well, they know that's not the case. It's just <clears> coming <throat> out. I, I'm, I'm like the Apostle Peter. I thought it. That means I have to say it. The only caveat with that is that, say, the last five years of my life, I have learned how frustrating that is for other people. That's true. And that's where I'm constantly wrestling against myself to make sure that there's a balance there. When I, yeah. when I think about that, and this is really kind of even an introvert extrovert type of a thing. I mean, an introvert will think and reflect and only if they see the value in it, will they truly then speak what it was they thought about where the extrovert is like, Hey, there's a thought. It must come out Here it and comes. it must be shared. <laughs> and if you look at scripture, you see the, the two greatest examples of introvert extrovert new Testament, the apostle Peter and the apostle Paul. The Apostle Peter was such an extrovert. You think about like the Mount of Transfiguration. He had no idea what to say, and he said something anyways. Uh, uh, what if we build a shrine? <laughs> it's like, did you e even think for a second what it was that you were actually saying? Because if you had thought about it, you wouldn't have said it. Whereas you get the Apostle Paul, and they talk about how his uh, words were weighty, but his speech was of no account. And so it's like, he's got such weighty words and such power in the words that he says, he's just not very good at saying them because he's mm -hmm. not saying them often. Now, most people would sit there and think that the apostle Paul was actually an extrovert <laughs> because he was going and preaching everywhere, but they failed to remember the spiritual component of him having the spirit of boldness that was upon him, which is why he was often getting in trouble for what he was saying, because the Holy Spirit was making him say things he didn't want to say. And so there's <laughs> there's this balance here. That's so much fun, though, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Sorry. That's yeah. a side rabbit trail. This is like, <laughs> yeah, that's the be that's the absolute best is whenever he's in control. Words are coming out of your mouth. You're along for the ride. And then only only after the fact do you go, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. What a, anyway, right, right. I, that would be that. That's one of those things you can't you can't be too long. You go to the end of the transmission and not a minute more. It, exactly, exact. As long as we're staying in the spirit, and that it's when we get yep. out of the spirit that all of a sudden we have it. Uh, I want to pull up a couple comments here. Um, so here we go. Let me look at some of these. Um, uh, okay. So Henry is agreeing Henry. with me when it comes to the office. 
He's saying, no, there are better <laughs> sitcoms. Let me ask, if you go shopping I'm and you don't like anything office. in the window, would you go into the store? I'm not defending the office. I, I think you guys are dead on the money. Yes and amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't do it. Don't. I mean, if you don't want to waste your time on it, but you will put in the time for a for a payoff. You got if you stick with it, no. it goes somewhere. Says you. <laughs> there, I, I mean, there's a couple of episodes. There's a couple of situations that, like, you know, that stick with you. You're probably not going to forget. This this is true. Um, Dustin saying, try Kim's Convenience. It's a Canadian sitcom. Um, my mom is saying, you don't have enough time to watch something that requires effort. <laughs> watch out, Deb. Watch out, Deb. <laughs> Ooh, talk about somebody giving a throat punch to all those sitcom <laughs> shows. Um, Jared and I were, were talking with Diana Gladney the other day and she was talking about how sometimes we just need to give you fire, know, some fire gold. and throat punch type statements. That was a throat punch, and, was- but it's true. I, I'm not going to waste my time on if I have part of the reason I like watching TV is just for the mindless entertainment. I don't, I'm thinking so much outside of that. I don't want to think. And when it requires me to think extra hard about something, it's just no fun. Now, if it uses a section of my brain that I don't normally use, you know, like crime scene investigation shows, I'm not doing crime scene investigation around the house unless it's like trying to find a a headphone cover that I couldn't do. And then I'm like, where's it at? Is there a trail of this? Apart from that, I'm not doing it. So that works for me. But you can even ask my wife. I'm not sure I can actually enjoy a program anyways. Because all of a sudden it's like I start watching a show and my eyes are instantly going to transitions that they did and graphic oh, yeah. overlays and, and pacing of a story and, and little things they do. And I'm like, ooh, I wonder how I can do that. Hazard um, of the trade. Yep. Yeah. Henry's saying, uh, as working in the radio business, I usually tell clients, say what you need to say the way you want to say it in the time you need to say it. And when you're done, you're stop done. talking. Mm. Uh, it's easier said than done, my friend. Yeah, there, there's good. There, there's, there, here's the deal. Like, here's, here's all the notes. Here's all the secret sauce to, to my sermons. Whenever I'm speaking to the congregation on Sunday, I usually have a snippet, a prompting from the Lord of this is what they need to hear. This is what I want to tell them. I start with that nugget. This is what the Lord wants us to know, and then everything else is trying to land the plane. And it's easier said than done. I, I could walk up there, and if they, if, you know, if they were listening, that ears to hear, this mm-hmm. is what the Lord wants us to hear. It takes thirty seconds, and the rest of the time is like, where are we going to put this down? And, and you know, sometimes the Lord hops in and out of that. That's the thing. Like, how do you know what's what's too long? Because you you told them what they were supposed to know, but then he hops back on the channel and he right. takes control, and you're saying something else. You're like, I didn't even know that was coming. Right, right, yeah, and and that would be, I I laugh because. I, the landing, the plane, honestly, I've, I've been around this ministry game long enough and been around enough different pastors. The conclusion of your message is always the most difficult, which I've started to find a little help in, in what you're saying, but it's like, you're starting with the end and maybe it's starting with the end in mind, you know, and that's what, and I've done that too, where I've said, Hey, you know what? Here's what I want you to do. Actually, one of my f- the best sermons I've ever preached uh, was the the sticky statement. If I put one in there, was God is good, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm going to spend the next I don't know how many minutes trying to get you to understand that God is good. 
and then went from there. That being said, here we are years later, and I will still get people in the church that they're like, oh, I still remember that one. God you remember that is one? good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they got it. And I know it came from that whole type of a message because of the way that it's it's the, the pacing and the alliteration that is. It's, it's weird mimicry. how YouTube has equipped us for this because, yeah. like, I used to be a fan of slowly developing something and you know, the climax of the story at the end, like you take them to the mountaintop and then you, you know, that, that nugget that preachers like to do where you, 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 you let them arrive and they understand it and, ah, oh, kind of step back. Well, I've realized it's a different time. It's a different audience. And that sometimes they got it. Sometimes they didn't, you know, you get to the top of the mountain. Here's the payoff. Here's the word that the Lord wants you to know. And, you know, half of them get of it, half of them don't. Yeah. And I've, I've realized that like, if you get to the point in the first 10 seconds, <laughs> like YouTube, you get to the point in the first 10 seconds, today we're going to be talking about how long is too long, you know, in communication or whatever it was at the start of this thing was. And yeah. we're spending the rest of the time developing that, shaping that. People are pondering it, working on it, chewing through it. You know, the Lord's speaking in different ways. But anyway, I've I've learned a lot from YouTube. Okay, the point? so let's run down that rabbit trail for a second because I have sure. done that, that exact format on our online sermons over the last several weeks. Yep. You know, I will, I frame it just like I would a YouTube video with a hook. However, the thing for the hook for me when it comes to making YouTube videos is letting them know you clicked on it. This is what it's going to be about. If you don't want this back out, leave, go somewhere else. Um, which for online video is good because we're making sure that we're bringing the value for people. However, there's a little bit of a disconnect, in my opinion, when it comes to the church context, because most Christians don't know what they need. It's, it's like, you don't know what you don't know. And as a pastor, these are ordained words from God that we're getting for our believers at this time that they need to hear. And unfortunately, the the online capacity, it's like, oh, well, I don't need to hear that. But can you imagine if you were to frame this same type of a message um, in a church setting? So you go into church, you stand up behind the pulpit, and it was like, so have you ever had one of those moments when you're struggling with fear and anxiety? Well, in today's message, that's what we're going to discuss. And then you see Run people get up and then walk out. <laughs> It's like, yep. Run the run the bumper. It's That's like, when you excuse everybody who needs to leave. Anxiety. I don't have to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I I couldn't imagine that translating in a reality. However, think about reality, this. man. The reality of it is that absolutely happens every single Sunday. That's you're just you're cutting out the middleman. We're cutting out all the fluff. We're getting straight to the point with this. Like, I'm not kidding. I, this is before the the pandemic thing, or plandemic, whatever your conspiracy theory is. Link up here to the video that we. I'm just kidding. Right. But what what whatever I did before, it was that we. I was already adopting this YouTube uh, mentality, yeah. and all we're doing is is cutting out all of the. Well, I don't like this. Oh, this isn't anything. Let's get straight to it. Well, here's what the here's the power of it. Because it's it's not my words. Here's what the Lord wants for ours is Grace Fellowship. Here's yeah. what the Lord wants for Grace Fellowship. Here's what he has to communicate today. And I don't want you to miss it. Miss it. So too long didn't read. Here's the answer. Here's the product that we're going after. Yeah. Now let's 
let's break that apart. I mean, as a pastor, massage that in a little bit. We're going to need to work and chew on some lumps because that was, you know, sometimes that's hot, right. fresh off the press whenever God gives it to you. Yeah, yeah. Now, here, but here's one of those things that I'm talking about. I think that, honestly, more churches, especially in this day and age, need to be adopting that type of a format, not because we're trying to emulate what YouTube does. What YouTube has shown us is where people's attention spans are, and they're looking for what's the value in this. Now, when you get people sitting in a church, you've got a captive audience. Why would we not let them know Here's what I want you to get out of today's message. Here's what the Holy Spirit is trying to get you to focus on. Now, let's take this apart. Let's unpack this. Because if we sit there and we think, well, okay, they do it on YouTube, but I just, I click off. I stop watching. Well, guess what? People in your church stop listening to you anyways. They've stopped listening because they're wondering, oh, I wonder what we're going to be making for lunch today. Oh man, I got this project at work this week and I got to get busy on that tomorrow. A lot of times we've already started to tune out the message. However, if we have a, a, a little setup, if we're saying, Hey, here's what I want to do. Here's what we want to talk about. Maybe there would be a little bit more buy-in on it, especially with the captive audience be like, okay, now I need to get it. Now, yeah. of course there's good preaching styles and there's better preaching styles on yeah. all of us as, as communicators, whether we are in a fivefold pastoral type ministry or a pulpit ministry or not, we all have to think about how can we be a better communicator? How can we get yes. the message across in a better fashion? And some yeah, of yeah. that is taking them through a journey, but making sure that we understand what exactly. does it all mean? What are you actually exactly. trying to say and why do you need to say it? Exactly. And, and that, that's that's what I want to say, man. I, I'm definitely not, you know, the, the most gifted communicator around, but I'm, I'm involved in the process. Shenanigans. I've actually I've actually found, though, that this has this has really worked for me, though. And I want to give permission to other pastors and lay leaders out there that uh, it challenged me in that. What am I doing? You know, my average sermon length in the past has been about 45 minutes. And, I, and I'm thinking my average vlog is about 5 to 10. And I get that there's different things. I'm, I'm usually approaching some little nugget. But if there is a word from God, not not worried about length for the sake of length, but what's, what's respectful, what's redeeming the time, as you were talking about? Mm -hmm. What's adding the most value possible while they're there, while there is attention given? Because just because they can't go anywhere doesn't mean that I have their full undivided attention. So it's really been challenging to me to like get in there, deliver the nugget, and then step back and add some room for, for the Spirit of God to do what he wants to do with it. Is he going to convict? Is something else going to happen? Is there another direction that we need to go with the service? Are we done? Yeah. I mean, Lord forbid that after 10 minutes, 15 minutes, the message has been communicated. It's been massaged into hearts and we get to, I don't know, fellowship with one another. Crazy days. Right. I, for pastors, it's like, <laughs> well, okay. And here's, here's another comment we got Aaron Contreras saying the length of your message is going to depend on the context. YouTube is a different context than it would be for a Sunday teaching or even a podcast. Sure. Sure. But. Well. Get, here's the thing. 
Want to go I, first? You want me again? No, I want to go first. I'm go a ahead. stickler for words sometimes, and I don't know if context is the right word that we're looking for here. Um, let me, because it just seems weird um, to think of it in context. Context, and I could be completely wrong. The circumstances that form the setting event statement or idea. So, no, I would say it's not as. M- Yes, your message is going to depend on the context, but I don't believe that YouTube is necessarily a different context. I think the situation around it is what type of a message. If you're doing a YouTube sermon versus a in-person sermon, the context is the same. The medium is different. And maybe the method is a little bit different, which should get us thinking why does the medium and why does the method then change our format? The context is the same. It's a man of God, woman of God, trying to convey a message from God to the children of God. So why does a medium have to change the entire format? Why do we take 45 minutes in person, but only five minutes online? Because the context is really the same. It's just the medium that is a little bit different. Now, I would sit there and say part of it is because in person, there tends to be a little bit more interaction. And so like me, and I'll use my example here, per, I mean, as, as the exact example here, when it comes to our church, my average message in person, in church is between 30 and 35 minutes. Um, I've kind of got them to where they're nailed in and, and that's that five minute window. And that's usually me landing the plane. If it goes a little bit beyond as low and as short as 28, but really nothing more than 35, unless all of a sudden it's like, Holy spirit, just throwing extra words on. And then we may be there for an hour. And so for me, when it comes to that message, and I've done this with my online stuff, my online stuff is about 18 minutes, 16 to 20 is where it's been falling. So almost half the time, why it's the exact same message. I'm writing the message and preparing it for a live audience. The only thing I'm cutting out is the time that I would take in person to make sure everybody's flipping the Bible and we're all on the same page. And then those little moments where you know, I'll give that throat punch statement and then just kind of wait and pause. And you could have 30 seconds there that it takes for all of a sudden the word to come out of my mouth and actually land in their hearts. And that would be the only difference. But so it's, it's the formatting based on the medium. And I think maybe a medium based format is good, but a, how am I, how, what am I trying to say here, Jared? You know what I mean? Well, let me, let me, let me take a stab at it. So if it was just, let me reframe it just a little bit. I learned that from Joshua last week. Let me reframe <laughs> it just a little bit and say, um, if it, if it's about strictly communicating a nugget from the Lord, like, like a, a message from the Lord, this is what he wants his people to know right now or discover or learn about him or, you know, however you want to, whatever your background then that, if we're talking about just saying it and getting off, you know, end of communication, 
YouTube style, you know, it doesn't really necessarily matter. But whenever you change the medium, like what you're talking about, Joshua, it does change because um, illustrations that are appropriate in the context of of my small church, uh, that the Lord may remind me of a story, I yeah. can I can freely communicate with them. That would be inappropriate to share on YouTube. Uh, where that you know that story may take five or six minutes, where we're going to talk about uh, a specific encounter and illustration of it, and, and that may be you know off the cuff, and we're going we're going with it. Um, on YouTube, I cannot say that same person's story if that comes to mind. I'm not going to put six minutes of of you know so and so Bobby Lou Lou. It's, it's and yeah. that does change length and timing and interaction because you have faces and you you see people. It'd be like a live you know comment. Like if you came up, we would be talking to you or a memory that come, the Lord brings to mind. It just it, it changes things and and length in that particular way will vary. Does that help? Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. Um, there are a lot of those, and and those would be I guess contextual elements that go in the message, but the meat of the message is virtually the same. Cause you're talking about, here's an illustration. It's to illustrate yep. this point. Well, there are a hundred different illustrations we could use for that. That's where knowing your audience, knowing the context definitely helps. Uh, I, I like that Diana pointed out what pro church tools, uh, Brady Shearer says he notes this as a timely message or timeless message using a timely medium. Um, and I would sit there and say that, uh, that that would be very appropriate. I haven't even read this comment from Aaron, but he's popping in. I want to make sure to give it. It says your message is what has to be contextualized to the format that you are using. So you might be able to teach a little bit longer in person than a video where you would need to get to the point quicker. Yeah. Yeah. And I can, I can definitely, I can definitely see that. Um, yeah. And person, look, personalities are going to play into this as well because I I am the opposite of Joshua and probably the norm on YouTube. Like I said, if I know them and I like them, I'm buckled in. I can watch, literally watch a YouTube sermon, the whole thing, oh. forty five minutes to yeah. an hour, hour plus, whatever. As long as like what you said, as long as there's value. And for me, if we're going to put it, because this is a faith-based type conversation, if the Spirit of the Lord is in it, I'm riding this thing. I'm going to milk the milk it until we're done with it. No, I'm not. not. I'm going to do it. I'm not. You would. Maybe here's another question that we should be asking. Because what you just said is that you might be different from the norm, which, yes, obviously true. And what is normal? Um yeah, and th- there we go. If we're if we're talking about church shopping, if we th- let's put it in two different categories. If we're talking about about the average believer that's coming through the door, or do you need to get to the point? Do we need to start shaping our sermons around? Yeah, sure. If you're talking about the number of views coming into YouTube that are coming through, and you, and you want to see, uh, you know, a mass influx, we should probably put the meat and potatoes at the front end. And granted, you should, you know, whatever. But I, I don't think so. I think there's I think there's the odds and in people out there who are going to say, okay, there's something to this. I, I, I sense something on this. Go ahead. Uh, odds and ends, absolutely. I think this is where it comes down to maybe the whole thing. If we're answering this overall question of how long is too long with our message, a lot of that depends on our audience. Mm. 
And that is a huge thing. Understanding there's a context, understanding who your audience is. Now, your in-person audience may be the same as your YouTube audience. And if that's the case, then there shouldn't be much of a difference in the overall length other than when it comes to an edit, when it's a video. And that's where I'm talking about like my sermons. My church audience is very similar to what my YouTube audience is. I'm here trying to reach followers of Christ and encourage them to live by faith. That's my audience. That's what I'm doing. Mature, immature, everything in between. If they believe in Jesus, that's the target Mm -hmm. that I've got. And I'm aiming for them and I'm trying to encourage them that their life should be fueled by and living by, propelled by, motivated by their faith in Jesus Christ. So because of that, the only thing that's really different from my messages online or in person is the edit. And so it's me looking at my methodology more than anything. Again, timeless message, different medium, timely medium. Now, I even did this several years back, about five, six years ago, started the process of shortening my messages. And it came from observation of the culture and the world around us. I started to notice there was this little thing called TED Talks and that they had done research to find out that 18 minutes is really the optimal length for any type of a monologue message. And that's standing 18 minutes and going. At that point, I'm thinking, okay, well, part of their message that's different from a sermon is the interactive element of I'm not just giving you a monologue, but this is kind of a a subtle dialogue because it's not just me speaking, it's me and the word of God speaking and the audience is listening. And so we need to go back and forth. You don't just need to listen to me. You need to hear what the word says. And because of that, I knew it could and should be just a little bit longer. Now, when you get into an online setting, maybe the Ted talks is a more appropriate length. Listen, I know. Listen, all I know is I'm going to give you guys permission. I'm going to give you guys permission to say this is theory and we're all batting around a bunch of stuff. I say you preach until somebody falls asleep and falls out of a window. I would say don't do that. Then go down there, (laughs) power of God on you, raise them from the dead, carry on. You know, my grandpa, I remember him saying when I was younger that the mind can only comprehend what the butt can endure. Um, (laughs) So there's part of it. So if your church has hardwood pews, man, you better shorten that message up to five minutes or get some pillows for them heinies. Um, (laughs) You got to get something. To me, the overall thing is, one, I think we should know our audience, but Two, with knowing our audience, we really need to know why we're even saying something in the first place. Because if we don't know why, why am I commun- Why do I feel the need to communicate? Why is this a message that they need to hear? I mean, and, and Jared, some behind the scenes for you and I, we're both coming out with a video here in, in the next week. And that video is a message that really neither one of us want to do. But all of a sudden we start looking outside of what we want, looking at some numbers, looking at the culture, looking at the world, looking at what people are looking for. 
And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, the Holy Spirit's nudging us and saying, you guys got to make this message. Yeah. And and then at that point, our why is all of a sudden it's like, why are we saying this? One, because he told us to, and two, because his people need to hear it. Yeah. So then it comes to us. Okay. Now, how can I communicate this in the most effective way? Ooh, that's the word. Here's my summary, my summary, my input. How long is too long? It's based on your effectiveness. If you can convey that message in five minutes and to do it in 10 minutes would be less effective, do it in five. Now, if you can convey it in five, but 10 would be more effective, do it in 10. And even changing up your format too. I've done this at church. So like, here's one of them. And here's a preview for our Sunday sermon this week. Last week, I started doing just a live stream type teaching. And so I did this little teaching and I forgot one of the main elements inside there. And all of a sudden I'm talking to, you know, my grandma and she says, Hey, what about this? I'm like, Oh yes, I completely left that out of the message. You know what? How about we sit down and have a conversation about that? Because I understood that that thing that we're wanting to talk about needs some unpacking and it needs some more dialogue. And because of that, it's going to take a little bit more time. Now, people aren't going to listen to just me coming straight at it for that long. But if it's her and I going back and forth and having a discussion, it will. They'll be more willing to endure the length because of context around it. Because it's still going to be online, but at least the context, the situation in which it's presented, the method even, is going to be slightly different. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I don't think I do either. We're just pontificating, as you said at the beginning. I'm We're giving people permission to ignore everything we just said <laughs> and just wing it. That's, well, that's part of the fun, man. I mean, it, we do have we do have a sphere of responsibility. Like if we're, if we're talking entertainment and YouTube purposes, you know, and, and you're just doing that, then then go for as long as your audience will allow. Know your know your audience. Uh, entertain them, inform them, what inspire them, do your thing. But if we're talking about the Word of God, um, I would say, here would be my two cents, go as long as He tells you to. Go as long as you feel the inspiration and anointing of the Holy Spirit upon you, upon the words that He's given you to speak, either beforehand or in the moment. I'm going to cover all bases. <laughs> and then go. when you feel yourself or the flesh or any sort of, of twinge of that, you young pastors out there, uh, land the plane and get out of there. Wrap it up. That's that's it. If you have to drop the mic, there's been a couple of my times, mics. There's been a couple of times I've been preaching a sermon and I've I've ejected at thirty thousand feet, just pulled the handle because there was no way to land that plane. Lord said we needed to say, and it was going to be a messy me fit on the way down. Just let it let it sit, let it marinate, and that's okay too. You know, my favorite when we talk about wrapping up and landing the plane, my here's what helped me land the plane YouTube. I had to figure out how to end my YouTube videos and all of a sudden, and people at our, my church will tell you that they're, they could, if they were there at the beginning of the YouTube channel, they like, saw you kept it. on asking us to like comment and subscribe. It was weird. I know it was, it was just strange, <laughs> but, but seriously, I, here's how I end most of my sermons. It's like, well, that's all I got for you. So, uh, Stay blessed. Stay blessed. Enjoy God's best and have a good week.
Have a good day. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> literally, that's how the majority of the messages end. Now, of course, we may do some prayer requests and stuff after that. And of course, there's fellowship time. But at least for that portion where I'm hoping they're listening to what I'm saying, I'm letting them know, done. Done. Close the Bible and we're done. I just... And some people, that may feel like an abrupt stop. You know what? If I got to eject, I'm pulling the ripcord and I'm yep. I'm out. Um so that's that's kind of what I thought. Uh, David Roland, I love this comment. He says, we should be going daybreak to midday. Nehemiah 8 style, no negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been to a few church conferences yeah. that are like that. And yeah. I stop going to those church conferences that are like that. Or I just find excuses to not be in the seminars and messages and go find fellowship instead. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's just me. Uh, Diana saying, I think it's one of those things you go so deep. The rabbit hole has no end, but it's a conversation worth exploring. Um, yeah. And, and that's kind of where, where this conversation is. We can keep running the rabbit trail down. I hope that, that for those that are listening to this and hearing this, I don't, I don't hope that you've got an answer by listening to this but I hope you're getting closer to the answer. I hope you're thinking things out and not saying, well, I need to do it like Jared does, or I need to do it like Josh does. Instead, you're thinking, you know what? There's something that those guys said that has me reevaluating how effective I am as a communicator. And maybe there's a more effective way. Maybe there's something I can learn from watching The Office that if I can't get to the point in the first six minutes, there's no point in anybody ever watching my show. That right there is called a callback, ladies and gentlemen, a callback. I'm, I'm so good at those. So anyways, that's kind of uh, my thought. So um, Diana is saying, however, I think it is a time for pastors to learn to reconnect with their audience and learn to communicate with them, with them in service to effectively deliver God's message as the mediums change. Amen. 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 Dustin is saying, bring back fast food ministry. <laughs> so minister to those that you meet in the fast food restaurants. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, I don't know what it is, but I am in. So here's bring back fast food ministry. You guys have heard of like the elevator pitches, right? Here's one of those things. There's the floating coffee hand again. Here's one oh, of Mr. those things. An elevator pitch is basically when you're trying to pitch an idea, a thought, in the time it takes to ride down an elevator. My encouragement for every communicator out there is when you are trying to share any type of a message, if you can't summarize your point in an elevator pitch, just zip it. Don't even start. Wait until you know you can summarize it, then give them that summation or at least the tease of the summation, and then you can unpack it and take it longer. Because if I, and I've done that, been in an elevator with somebody, strike up a conversation like that. And the next thing you know, we're standing ground level outside of the elevator for another 20 minutes, all because what I said in that 30 seconds captured their imagination, captured their heart. And they're like, oh, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. And I, and I will take the, the opposing theory Why? and say, 
Uh, well, I, I think you're going to limit people but who will wait until they have the perfect pitch to be able to say to the thing that they're supposed to say. I, I would say go on the prompting of the Lord. If you're supposed to talk to the person next to you in the elevator, strike up the conversation. Be real, be genuine, and let what comes to your mouth comes to your mouth. You may not be the one who closes the deal, who brings them to ultimate salvation, right? but you're not going to be the one if you care that puts a black eye on the name of Christ. You're going to be the one who is just there, willing, loving on somebody. So I say open your I'm mouth. Not, I'm not saying we need to be doing elevator evangelism, but what I'm saying is if you don't understand what you're trying to say in such a way that you can summarize it in under 30 seconds, you shouldn't be trying to explain it in the first place. Are you, are you talking about in YouTube format? Anything. Are you talking... Anything. Anything. <sighs> Absolutely okay. anything. Absolutely anything. You, ha- if, you have my attention. I, lo- so I love let me, I love absolute let me put it statements this way. like that. Here's my absolute statement. If I'm trying Sith, to communicate. Sith Lords dealing with absolute. I'm trying to communicate. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm trying to communicate to. I'm just saying, Diana, Jared, you hear me. Here, I'm going to try to communicate something to Jared, how I've seen people trying to communicate things that God has put on their heart. So, Jared, um, you know, up, like Josh? we've uh, we've we've known each other for a while. Uh, and so we've kind of, you know, gotten gotten close. And I mean, you you know me pretty well and and I know you pretty well. And, and I don't want this to sound, you know, like odd or, or weird or. Or, cool, or man, we're strange, good. you know, anything like that. Mm-hmm. But there's just, there, I don't know. There's like this thing that, yeah, lay it on I, me. It if important. I try to say it, it just sounds funny. See, this is what happens. Where it I would be time. so much easier if I, I just said, if this. I just came straight out and I said, "Here's what I want to tell you, Jared. Uh-huh. I love you, man. Thanks, dude. I love you too. <laughs> so it's like, Fantastic. and really, we I can summarize that. that. See, there, Diana, I love you. So I can summarize that. I can be like, guys, everybody on this channel, I love you. And if I can summarize what it is that I'm trying to say, what am I trying to do? Why have I made over 200 videos in the last two years on YouTube? Why have I went down all of these different rabbit trails? Tell us. Well, I can summarize it. I want to encourage you to live by faith. Hmm. Now I can summarize that. So when people are like, what's the point? Hey, I'm trying to encourage you to live by faith. Well, why are you people at church? Why do you keep telling me that, you know, we should be thinking about, you know, tithes and offerings. You preach about it once every two years. Isn't that too much? No, (laughs) I want to encourage you to live by faith. And I want you to put your faith and trust in God rather than in material possessions. And part of that is obedience to his word. Now, because I can summarize it. Now, if I came out and I was like, Jared, dude, I love you. And you're like, oh, hey, thanks. And I'm like, no, seriously, because we've gotten to know each other and we've spent a lot of time interacting. We can do a four hour Zoom call in the middle of the week that some people would think is a waste of time. But I know how much you care about me. You know how much I care about you. So it's not a waste of my time. This is us like feeding into each other and giving our lives. I can go on and I can explain and I can expand and expound on all of that because I know how to summarize it. Most people don't know how to summarize it. And because of that, I think that's where we just, 
we keep running down the rabbit trails and we don't know how to start. We don't know how to end. We don't know. Therefore, those people should not speak. Therefore, those people need to think before speaking. Because that's what we do. That's what you and I have learned to do. And that's one of the things that the Holy Spirit <laughs> makes us do. Okay. 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 I'm with you. I, in I see in the point. natural, because I mean, think about this. In the natural, if you and I are completely in our flesh, we're just going to ramble. Check. And it's, it's value for those that know us and already know our hearts. But for somebody that has never met us and doesn't know us at all, they're going to think that we're wasting their time. Mm. Because they yeah. know like trust, right? Yep. And so here's, we've talked about this, the trust factor. For those that don't know, there's this like funnel of conveying messages and stuff, know, like, and trust. Um, and it's, it's kind of a marketing strategy, but it has such broader context to that. And in a pastoral type ministry, in any type of a pulpit ministry, any type of a professional ministry, we've kind of bypassed the know and like, and we instantly have that trust factor. And I think too many people just ignore the no and like, well, they should mm. trust me because I have this title in front of my name. No, let's, let's go back and let's let them get to know us and then get to like us. So that way they trust us. Even when we ramble, even when we're not inspired by God and what we're sure. saying, they still know who we are and they know our heart. So that's my thing is that before we speak any type of a message, we should really at least know what point we're trying to make at least be able to summarize it. Even if it's something as simple as, you know, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to preach. Um, I don't really feel called to preach. I do think that God wants me to kind of share his love with people. Okay. Do you understand that God is good? Do you understand that God loves people? Can you say, Hey, God loves you. If you can say that now let's work on the other things, but too often they have a thought, but they don't know the point. Hmm. If that makes sense. I gotcha. I, I, I think we're, we're chasing down the minutia of it, but I, I, w I would agree that speakers, if you're, if you're the person communicating, if you have a platform, you definitely need to be thinking through bare minimum. Hmm. I think if you're, if you're a believer on an elevator in a, in a fast food restaurant and you have something that you're supposed to say, it would be nice to know what that nugget is and say that nugget. Otherwise, what are you doing? You know, just show kindness, show love, whatever. But if you have a message that's on your heart, and you're supposed to hair, you're supposed to say something, then you need to know what that is and communicate that. So we, yeah. we can, we can find some common ground on that one, but I don't think we should be limited to, you know, exactly. You can package it up into a 30 second spiel and you can give it across. But if the Lord has prompted you, Hey, that dude, has a has a bum leg and he and he needs him to know that just because that bum leg he didn't make it to the you know you know how the lord works just because he didn't yeah. make it to that that point on time the lord saw him he knows him he loves him so what are you supposed to say right. hey the lord sees you he knows you he loves you yeah and 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 we that's where i'm you. i'm not even saying all of our messages need to be summarized in an elevator spiel but they need to be able to be summarized by us in an elevator spiel. Sure. Okay. Sure. Um, and I, yeah, Aaron actually caught that. He said, if you can't summarize your teaching briefly, how do you expect somebody to walk away from your teaching, understanding what it was you said? Sure. So, uh, Dustin says that I think Josh has told Jared, he loves him more in the last two minutes than he has his own brother in the last oh, two years. Dustin, come on. 
it's I'll probably true. That cause. Come on, Joshua. It's probably true. Is there something um, you want to say to your brother? No. Are um, you sure? Deep, deep down in your heart. Is there something I want to say to him? Anything you want to say to him? Nope. Um, Jen saying bromance. Diana saying laugh out loud bromance. Aaron, I love you all. Diana says the hidden Sith Lord is a pastor. I told you. I told you. (laughs) Laugh out loud. Dustin saying he's a bully and he understands. No. I'm I'm not even going to address that. That's that's what I'm going to. I'm just going to let that set and fly and feel Jared's gaze as a convicting stare. No conviction I think here. I did, no, I did just tell him. I said I love you all, including you, Dustin. <laughs> even even <laughs> Dustin. See, said. did he give you a Hertz donut? Hey, that's what he's saying. He gave you a Hertz donut. Was it a punch? Oh, yeah! Yeah! Yeah, yeah. yeah he did. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. See, that's affection right there. <laughs> no, that's that's not affection. So. That is affection. <laughs> All that's right. Hey, that is our conversation, but you know what time that means? That means we are ready for this week one of my favorite Bee. statements. This week in the Babylon Bee. So this week in the Babylon Bee, let me get my notes up here. In world news, a new study finds that anyone who makes a different decision to wear a mask than you is a brainwashed sheep. Scientists in a groundbreaking research study have discovered that anyone who makes a different decision on wearing a mask than you is a sheep. Scientists and statisticians were shocked when they ran the numbers through various statistical analysis to arrive to the startling discovery. Expert quote said, we must trust these experts because all the experts are telling us that whatever you believe, the other side are mindless sheep being led like puppets on a string. He then went on to add this in his 37 page conclusion filled with charts and explanations of the methodology at time of publishing researchers had also discovered that all of your opinions are absolute truth did logan find this one or did you find them? oh no that's all that's all me okay that is, that is all well, me on that one yes. well played i just Dude, pulled I'm, out I'm my absolute truth feel, i'm even starting to feel the the social pressure of this thing i live in the middle of nowhere i would have never thought that we would ever be wearing mask or anything like that that was always you know so taboo but i tell you what you go to the store the farmer's got his little mask on mm-hmm. but even whenever you like like i'm walking around the store i'm like wait a minute maybe i'm supposed to have my mask on but even then i get to thinking what mask do i wear because obviously these people are snuffing at those people about the mask that they're you know, what the world kind of world do we live in yeah mask what kind masks. of mask? masks yep uh in christian living news A man leaves the 99 Bible verses that contradict him to go find the one that doesn't. This story comes out of Houston, Texas. As a dedicated Christian who believes in following the Bible, Charlie Schaefer has been spending the last few days desperately combing through scripture, searching for that one verse that will support his beliefs. Charlie says, 
I believe in the Bible, so every doctrine must be supported by Scripture or else I won't believe it. That's why it's been so frustrating to find almost a hundred verses that contradict my beliefs. But I am confident if I keep searching, I'll eventually find at least one verse that says what I want it to, and then be able to safely assume that all of those other verses were simply being interpreted out of context. <laughs> Diana, this is one of those that you were talking about the other day. One of those too close to homes that you just got to shake your head on. This is a landmine right here. The comment upon this is a landmine. It is way, way too true. Mm -hmm. But even to comment on it is going to cause some... That That's a landmine, so you just got to shake your head and go, Babylon B. Well played. Well played. It's a good one. Well played. Because I think all of us at some point or another have found those type of moments where... Oh, man. It's it's just... We, it's we so believe true. something based on one scripture that when we start analyzing the multitude of scriptures, we're like, ah. Um, maybe that didn't mean what I thought it meant. Well, even in context, once you start reading around it, you're like, wait a minute. Oh, but then on the other side of the equation, you have the people who are straining over the gnats and the minutia of it. And it's like, oh, good gracious. Correct. Just let it go. Oh, that's a landmine. Well done, Babylon B. Well, well done. done. Well done. <laughs> uh, in scripture news, Bible scholars confirm that do not be anxious does not apply in a global pandemic. Scholar, scholars across the nation have come to an agreement that the biblical commands not to be anxious do not apply during this time. From Jesus' command to not be an anxious in Matthew 6 to Paul's similar exhortation in Philippians 4, none of these were intended to apply when things got really bad. No. I love Jared's face. Jared's face is priceless. This is one of those can of worms, you know, you just, you. They're so good at what they do. It's, That's why it's I like them. Spot They're on. So good. It's spot on. It lands on the mark. And because it lands on the mark, and I thought that was oddly appropriate. You remember me telling you that Jared and I got a, a video coming out, right? On each of our channels. It may or may not, and by may not, I really mean may, have something to do may. with this. Definitely may. So, definitely may. And finally, in health news, Uber Eats introduces a food bazooka for contactless deliveries. The food bazooka now allows drivers to fire your food right onto your porch while maintaining safe <laughs> distance. The tacos, burritos, burgers, pizza, or whatever else you ordered will come flying right at your door with an amazing speed and accuracy. Not to be outdone, DoorDash will soon be introducing heavy food artillery so they can just blast your meal in the general direction of your house from miles away. That's dumb. That's dumb, Babylon B. That one was dumb. That, but I do like DoorDash rebuttal. It's okay. It may be dumb, but really, everything out there. Here's how dumb this is. Here's what... You know what makes me sick? Go ahead. You know what makes me sick? So... My brother, uh oh, whom he loved. My brother, whom I love so Dearly. much, there we go. That I had to drive forty-five minutes away to go to FedEx to grab a box to ship out a gun to him. Yes, we used FFL dealers and all of that stuff, so it's all legal. Post office is fine with it. It wasn't loaded. It's in a case. It's secured. Get over yourselves. I mean, even the Apostle Paul had a pistol. 
<laughs> no. Come back. No. Um, no. So I go up all the way up there just to do that. All the way up to do that. I get in there and I'm, I'm still... I don't know. Oftentimes I go back and forth. Sometimes I have all of, I have no cash. Other times I just have cash. I, here's a box. Here's $10 for the box. Oh no. No. Oh no. We can't take cash. It's dirty. And I'm like, what? And they're like, oh yeah, because of COVID-19, we can't accept cash. <sighs> oh my goodness. Are you yes. serious? And she's like, oh yeah, yes. I'm serious. And I'm like, you mean you can't grab my $10 bill, give me change, and use that hand sanitizer right there? And she's like, oh, no, Dude, we can't do that. You're supposed to use the chip that's been implanted into your hand. Uh, it's in my driver's license, real ID. Mark of the Beast. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, pastor jokes. Oh. punch. <laughs> but seriously so this contactless delivery it's crazy it is just i'm impressed I, i'm impressed I, with the ingenuity of it all i went to taco bell and i i did not have contact with the other person they like slid it from a tray they got this little thing they never touch it when like, i was in fast food delivery food? back in the day in high school i was in fast food delivery i got in trouble for doing contactless the delivery when they pulled up and i just threw their bag into their car i got in trouble for that no, I'm, jo I'm joking I didn't actually do it, but I thought about it several times. But I don't. This, it it this is a little weird. Of, I I get what they're doing. I understand. I understand all of that. I no. I I trust me. I get it. I get what they're trying to do, and that's where I love Babylon B of you know parroting and you know being sarcastic when it comes to the contactless delivery because some of it is kind of ridiculous. Because it's it's just not consistent. That's the thing. If it was consistent all the way across the board, oh, I'm fine with that. Like Taco Bell, it's just it's just a, it's a front. It's to make you feel safe. They hand out the tray. You know, you grab it off of the tray. You don't touch them at any time. But in the back, you can see the guy going, yeah, and just making your burrito. It's like eh, yeah. okay, yep, we're close, <laughs> right? Yeah, getting there. Um, Micah Foster is saying starting tomorrow. Hey, Micah, how you doing? Good to see you. Um, starting tomorrow, we are required to wear masks in public. Quote, are you serious? Where, where do you social live? distancing is not possible. Uh, Micah is in the Fresno, California area, I believe. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that. Oh, uh, yeah. Micah. He said, I went to the store last night and they had an employee hand hanging out by the door enforcing it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I heard yeah. about your beaches. Yep. I'm Fresno, sorry, Clovis, California is where he's at. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dustin is saying, so Uber Eats confirms for contactless communication. We should just use bazookas. <laughs> Uh, hey, if we had that, you might have gotten your gun in under two months. Because it took that long. There we go. Um, no, I mean, if there was just consistency across the board, I'm fine. If it's like, if you're going to be, if you're going to start enforcing it in one area, then make sure it's enforced in every area. But there's just so much. It's again, it's the minutia. It's all of these little things that's out there. And and I, I appreciate some of the ideas behind contactless delivery because I get what they're trying to do. It just doesn't always convey. Like, I was at a week or two ago, I did 
uh, contactless delivery is what I had tried to do for uh, the kids. So I think uh, Logan and Micah, uh, they were here and the rest of us had taken off. And so while we were out getting dinner, I hop on the phone, order Pizza Hut, contactless delivery, send it to the house, paid for it, didn't have to do anything. And in the app, it says we will ring the doorbell or knock and then leave it right on the step. And I'm like, perfect. Had the time. They sent a text when they were getting ready to deliver it. Everything's working slick. And what do they do? They ring the doorbell, open the door, and then wait for him to come to the door and grab it. And I was like, you know, it kind of defeated the purpose of me checking that box that said contactless yeah. delivery. I mean, just just saying. It's tough. It's so. it's tough. You just get you get used to the norm or like what used to be normal. Yeah. Yeah. Forget forget about the rules. Have you seen the CDC? Not to draw this out, but have you seen the CDC uh, requirements for schools that came out today? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> I have not. Good luck. Good luck. What with is it? That. Classroom sizes of twelve. Oh my goodness! I, I I don't remember all the requirements, but it's like the thing that like, like teachers have been shields. asking for for years. Yeah, it's like face shields and dividers and and areas where they'll be in proximity, close proximity to one another. I'm like. One way, one way lines. Like you can only go one way in a hallway. They're gonna oh, have tape spacing. I, I love the one way at our local grocery store. One of the local grocery stores has one way aisles. That works never. It's like hats off to you, <laughs> teacher. Like, I'm doing it, and it, it never fails. Every time I go to the grocery store, I'm following the one ways. I'm trying to be a stickler for the rules. <laughs> I try as hard as I can. It's their policy. They're allowing me the privilege to come into the store and to get the food right from their shelves, not having to go out into the forest and forage for it myself. Thank you so much <laughs> for the convenience. I appreciate that. Yes, I will walk down yes. your one-way aisles. And I make a turn, and there's always, every single time, somebody going the opposite way. I don't yeah. say anything, but they do. And they're like, oh, sorry, I'm going down the wrong way. And I was like, no big deal for me. I don't care. I'm one of those weirdos who I don't watch news. I hardly ever come out of my cave anyway. So I, I, when I go into the store, there's all these new like social norms, and they're going in one direction. <laughs> and it dawns on me as I'm standing there in line looking over someone's shoulder that maybe that piece of tape and everybody standing six feet away from me meant something. Mm -hmm. So I need to back up now. Yeah. Dustin, he missed um, Vlogpasters last week. He says, bring back the bubble boys and girls. Um, yes, you missed last week because last week on this week in the Babylon B, I believe we actually talked about that. If I, if I remember correctly. Oh, the, the, is, yeah, the hamsters. Is, is that, does that sound about right? I think that was last week. We were talking about the personal hamster balls. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was last week. You'll have to go check that. It's towards the end of the, uh, the podcast. Check it out, Dustin. It was fun. Um, no, this, Hey, anyways. Let's land the plane. Bye, guys. Land it. That's that's all we got. <laughs> Stay blessed. Enjoy God's best. Tell Have a great about... week. Jared's got something he wants to say. Oh, hey. Uh, Diana gave me a new thing. She says, this is how awkward it is at church, too. It's good when you taste and see the extravagant love of God. Nailed it. <laughs>